Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. Probably not going to be a super long episode, but I definitely have quite a bit to talk about, at least in terms of movie news. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this week CinemaCon was going on. And if you don't know what CinemaCon is, it's essentially a huge convention where studios come together and tease their upcoming projects and do trailers, bring out, you know, special guests, stuff like that, all, all, all sorts of stuff. And uh, there's definitely a lot of news in terms of like Disney and, and Marvel and all that kind of stuff. Um, a little bit of DC news as well. And then just some kind of miscellaneous stuff in there, most likely. Um, and then I have some other non-CinemaCon news. Just a little bit of non-CinemaCon news. Uh, but in terms of my reviews today, I'm going to be reviewing Father Stew, starring uh, Mark Wahlberg. And then I'm going to be reviewing Memory, starring Liam Neeson. Uh, so those are my two reviews for today. Not not a lot in terms of reviews, but definitely a lot in terms of movie news. So uh, before I get into anything, I would like to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. First piece of news here comes from comicbook.com and their headline is Disney releases 2022 to 2023 movie slate image. They go on to say here, Disney revealed its full movie slate for both 2022 and 2023 during a presentation at CinemaCon on Wednesday. Producer John Landra, Lando, how do you say that? Land, Lando ran through the entire lineup. Starting with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, slated to premiere on May 6th, followed by Lightyear, June 17th, the Bob's Burgers movies, uh, movies, <laughs> the Bob's Burger movie, uh, May 27th, Lord, I cannot talk, Thor Love and Thunder, July 8th, the Banshees of Inertion, hopefully I'm saying that right, October 21st, a re-release of Avatar, September 24th, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, November 11th, Amsterdam, November 4th, The Menu, November 18th, Strange World, November 23rd, Avatar The Way of the Water, which is the new official title of Avatar 2, coming out on December 16th, and then heading into 2023, 
Uh, let me see here. The Marvels, February 17th, 2023. The Haunted Mansion, March 10th, 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. Indiana Jones, uh, I'm thinking Indiana Jones 5, right? Not sure what they're calling it yet. Maybe it's just Indiana Jones. I don't know. But that's coming out on June 30th of 2023. The live-action Little Mermaid movie, The Little Mermaid, comes out on May 26th of 2023. And then lastly, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Media comes out on July 28th of 2023. And they say here, stay tuned for more information on the releases of all the films as they become available. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with COVID still being around and shit still being crazy, it's possible some of these release dates can get pushed back once again. I mean, Avatar 2, that's been pushed back so many freaking times, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it took even longer for that movie to come out, but maybe we'll finally get it this year, um... I heard there's supposed to be like a trailer or something like that coming out with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for Avatar 2. Um, by the way, what do you think of the name of the film, Avatar The Way of the Water? Sounds kind of cool, but it's making it sound like Avatar, like The Last Airbender a little bit. But uh, you might have noticed that they didn't mention the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on here, and that's because it's going to be on Disney Plus, um, or at least some. Um, pretty sure it's going to be on Disney Plus. I'm like 99.9% sure. Um, so these are just like theatrical releases, but yeah, what do you think about this uh this release slate for uh for a lot of Disney's movies uh for like Marvel movies, Avatar, Indiana Jones, all that kind of stuff. And then a lot of movies in there that I don't really know what they are like Banshees of Renertion, uh Amsterdam, The Menu, Strange World, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, what do you think about this release slate? Do you think it's set in stone, or do you think a lot of these can get shifted around again? Let me know down in the comments below, but on to the next piece of news. Next piece of news here comes from Deadline, and their headline is Shazam! Fury of the Gods opening shifts days after uh, Avatar The Way of the Water. Which, by the way, I haven't said that yet. Or, yeah, I did, actually. Never mind. But yeah, the Avatar 2 is called The Way of the Water. They go on to say here, Shazam! Fury of the Gods will no longer bow on the same day as Avatar 2, which is December 16th, rather on December 21st. Disney and Avatar 2 producer John Lando, hopefully I'm saying that right, let theater owners know Wednesday at CinemaCon that, yes, it's true, Avatar 2 is sticking to its Christmas Corridor release date. In addition, Disney showed off a trailer to uh, trailer and titled the film Avatar The Way of the Water which uh, we should be getting a trailer for that with Doctor Strange. The sequel to the 2009 Oscar-winning movie, which is also the highest-grossing film of all time at $2.8 billion, will have, a tr have the trailer we saw today at CinemaCon playing during, uh, during the first week of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like I just said, uh, exclusively in theaters. But yeah, uh, basically the news here is that uh, the release date for Shazam! Fury of the Gods shifted like a week, so... Uh, not huge news there, but obviously they don't want to compete with Avatar as much. That's going to be a really big release date, and for the longest time we didn't even know the release date. So makes sense that they don't want to uh, try and compete with that because that is going to be a really big release. And I'll definitely be checking both out. I didn't really care for the first Avatar movie, but I'll still check it out and probably rewatch the first one before 
But uh, yeah, what do you think of this news? Now let's get on to the next piece. And some more CinemaCon news here. This comes from nerdtropolis.com, which I am not familiar with, but uh, hopefully this is accurate information. Their headline is Haunted Mansion's uh, film synopsis revealed. And they went on to say here, Haunted Mansion will be in theaters March 10th, 2023. Walt Disney Pictures Haunted Mansion is based on Disney's classic theme park attraction. Stars uh, Rosario Dawson uh, Owen Wilson. They are joined by a star-studded ensemble cast featuring uh, Keith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito, and Chase Dillon. Justin Simon directs the film. He is also known for Bad Hair and Dear White People. And here's the synopsis. A doctor, played by Rosario Dawson, and her nine-year-old son, played by Chase Dillon, move into a strangely affordable mansion in New Orleans, looking to start a new life. Unfortunately, they soon discovered that the place is much more than they bargained for. They are desperate for help and contact a priest, but played by Owen Wilson. He, in turn, enlists the aid of a window... A window... <laughs> A widowed scientist turned failed uh, paranormal expert, Keith Stanfield, and a French quarter psychic played by uh, Tiffany Haddish. And then a crotchy, crotchy, is that a word? Well, I guess so. A crotchy historian played by Danny DeVito. Interesting uh, plot there. Definitely different from the, uh, well, it's been a while since I watched the uh, Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie, so maybe it's a little similar, but sounds different in quite a few different ways, but maybe I'll have to rewatch that uh, Eddie Murphy movie before this movie comes out in preparation. I am excited for it, though. I remember when I was a kid, first time I went to Disney World, I went on the Haunted Mansion ride, and I cried, so they had to stop the ride. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not... A, scared of it now if i went on it now i'd probably be completely fine sorry uh for those of you who don't know i didn't specify this but uh i am recording my car right now because i just got done watching memory with liam neeson and there's some dude just walking there's like no street lights over here but it's nice and quiet so a little sketchy but also not a great part of town oh well i'll be fine if he starts coming this way, I will turn on my car and leave. But, uh, oh God, he's kind of starting to come this way. Man, this is making this Haunted Mansion uh, news a little more creepy, isn't it? Is he coming this way? No, he's going towards Dollar Tree. We're good. We are good. Um, but yeah, what do you think about this Haunted Mansion news? Are you interested in this movie? Does it sound good to you? It definitely sounds interesting to me and has a really great cast as well. So I'm definitely excited to check it out. But on to the next piece of news. And this next piece of news actually isn't CinemaCon news. Uh, it comes from the Direct, and their headline is, Moon Knight Finale Gets Record-Breaking Runtime. And uh, they go on to say here, Marvel Studios' Moon Knight has been quite a wild ride for audiences worldwide. And uh, viewers have followed Oscar Isaac's Stephen Grant as he came to find out. He, he uh, shared his body with a second person. He was possessed by an Egyptian god. And that might uh, that might be going crazy. Uh, the reception has been fairly glowing across the board, with Marvel Studios seemingly delivering a uh, yet another hit. In the latest episode, audiences finally got the backstory behind Mark Spector and the trauma that gave birth to his disassociative identity disorder. However, for many, the installment ended, ended rather suddenly. After all, there seems to be so much left for the series to cover. 
Um, <clears throat> and I'm not going to spoil anything here. But uh, they go on to say, according to industry insider Amit Shadhari, probably saying that wrong, the upcoming Moon Knight finale will run approximately 44 to 45 minutes long on Disney Plus in the U.S. and other regions that feature subtitle credits. This will make it the shortest of all the live-action MCU show finales to date, breaking Loki's runtime record. For those keeping track, here are the finale runtimes of other Marvel Studios series on Disney Plus in the U.S. WandaVision, their finale was 51 minutes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 53 minutes. Loki, 48 minutes. What If, 37 minutes. So, uh, technically, technically, uh, that one would be the shortest. And then Hawkeye, 62 minutes. And it has me a little worried. I'm not, like I said, not going to spoil anything here about Moon Knight so far. But there are a lot of loose ends and a lot of other things that they need to do in this last episode for it to wrap up nicely. And uh, with my review of Moon Knight in the last episode, I said that I was worried about how they're going to wrap it all up and if it's going to be a satisfying conclusion to the first season. Uh, also, there's news out there that Moon Knight might not be getting another season, which I would hope it would. But, I mean, if they bring back the character for other things and have him be prominent in other things, then I'll be happy. But I really don't want this to be a one-and-done deal. Um, but, yeah, I'm a little disappointed by the runtime of this last episode. Like I said, there's just a lot to wrap up. So I don't know how they're going to do it in that amount of uh, runtime. But I have faith in Marvel that they're going to deliver. It's just we'll have to wait and see next Wednesday how it is. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about this news that the last episode of Moon Knight will be 44 to 45 minutes long? Does it have you worried the way it has me worried? Or do you have faith in Marvel uh, that they'll deliver with this last episode and wrap it up all nicely with a bow? Let me know down in the comments below. But on to the next piece of news. One more piece of non-CinemaCon news here. Uh, doesn't come from any specific website. Well, I guess YouTube, I guess. Uh, but there's a new Doctor Strange TV spot. There's quite a few out there, quite a few new ones. And um, one of them, well, one of them actually has Mordo uh, referencing the Illuminati, which is Marvel's Illuminati, which is a thing from the comics, which they seem to, well, not even seem to be doing in the film they definitely are at this point and uh in another tv spot we got a look at captain carter uh just the back of her really and then her shield uh but she has some sort of like rocket thing on her back uh to like kind of propel her forward um so yeah that was really cool and then after that we saw we well the thing about patrick stewart is in both the trailers we've seen him in he, uh, we don't actually see his face. We just hear his voice. Um, the first time we just barely saw the back of his head. And this one, we don't really see his body. We just see his wheelchair, which seems to be the kind of yellow levitating wheelchair uh, from the like comics and from the animated series, the X-Men animated series. So that shit looks really cool. I'm so fucking pumped for this movie. Can't wait to see it next week. But uh, on to the next piece of news. And I'm just going to fly through some of this stuff because there's just so many fucking pieces of news when it comes to CinemaCon. Um, if I miss anything, sorry, but there's other channels out there covering it. Definitely go check out uh, Chris... Is it Chris Parker? I always forget his last name. 
uh, but 3C Films over on YouTube. Uh, I think Real Rejects might be covering it a little bit. I, I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. But uh, 3C Films for sure is covering quite a bit of it. And then um, Chris, Ch or not Chris Chandler, um, Sean Chandler, my bad. I get them all mixed up. Uh, Sean Chandler over on his Instagram. I know on his story he posts like movie news and stuff like that sometimes. So been seeing a little bit there. But um, Batman 2 is confirmed by director Matt Reeves. He gave no fucking insight on what we might be seeing in the second movie whether you know he's been talking about wanting to do Mr. Freeze but he didn't say specifically whether or not they'd be doing that I think it might be a little too early in the process to know for sure what they're doing uh, but I am very 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 much excited for that um, gave no further updates about the TV shows or anything like that uh, but I'm not even going to be opening some of these uh, pieces of news here I'm just I literally searched CinemaCon news um, the big thing right now is Olivia Wilde was served custody, uh, custody papers at CinemaCon while on stage. Um, Jason Sudeikis, hopefully I'm saying his name right, uh, they were together for a while. I don't know. I, I feel like they were married, but I feel like I've read something that they were just dating. But they do have like two kids together. And it was something to do with like custody or something like that. Um Really fucked up, but I heard that he didn't know that was going to be happening on stage. Because, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck would do that? That's such a fucking terrible idea. Um, I can't lie. I don't know what she was promoting. Uh, but this is kind of like a Will Smith moment right now. What is the world coming to? Um, but it looks like they closed out CinemaCon. So CinemaCon, as of recording this, it is Thursday. As of today, CinemaCon has wrapped and the last thing they did was show some uh, some footage of John Wick Chapter 4. It looks like maybe the director and then Ke uh, Keanu Reeves came out on the stage and gave them a look at that. And it looks like he was killing some enemies with some nunchucks in the trailer. So that sounds pretty badass. I cannot wait for that. Um, apparently there's going to be a Hunger Games prequel called The Ballad of Songbirds and then some uh, of Songbirds and Snakes. Uh, gets a 2023 release date. Interesting. Uh, Borderlands drops first footage at CinemaCon. And the reason why I'm flying through all this stuff and not elaborating, elaborating on it is because these are all descriptions of what they are. CinemaCon, I didn't mention this before, but it's for, like, the insiders and, like, really special people that get to go there. You can't just buy a ticket. You have to be invited it's kind of like the Oscars. Uh, it's a big thing. A lot of people that work for studios and stuff like that go there and, uh, and uh, you know, producers and and investors and stuff like that. It's kind of like Disney, Disney Investors Day, um, D23, uh, which Disney didn't do a whole lot. I said before in the intro that there's a lot of, like, Marvel and Disney stuff. Disney kind of just, like, talking about... Their, uh, their movie slate, like I talked before, uh, talked about before. But um, they saved a lot of stuff for D23. They didn't drop anything too huge. Um, in Marvel, there really wasn't anything that we didn't know before. I think with D23, whenever that comes up, we're going to finally know what all these uh, untitled Marvel movies are that are supposedly coming out within the next couple of years. And I also heard that 
they're going on some sort of retreat to plan out the next 10 years of Marvel. Um, so there's a lot coming with Marvel. I, I think it's just getting started, to be honest. It, I don't know. At times I, I worry about the MCU and what they're doing, but I have faith in them overall, and I'm, I really can't wait to see what they do next. Um, you know, I'm not worried about any upcoming movies that they have coming out or, or really any TV shows that I'm worried about. However, with the Moon Knight thing, like I mentioned before, I'm kind of worried about how they're going to wrap that up neatly. But um, let me see what else we have here. Um, Damien Chazelle's star-studded Hollywood drama Babylon drops first look at CinemaCon. Um, Paramount boss Brian Robbins at CinemaCon. Theatrical films are, are a cornerstone of our business Babylon Dungeons and Dragons teased oh yeah I did hear about that Dungeons and Dragons um, movie coming out I've never played D&D I know a little bit about it but not much so uh, that'll be interesting Avatar 2 debuts footage from movie at CinemaCon and gets official title which I mentioned before um man I feel like there's a lot I'm missing though let me keep looking. I know there's like Expendables 4 coming out. I haven't watched any of those, so maybe I'll have to check those out at some point. Um, I think they showed like maybe 30 minutes of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And then however much of... Uh, I think they debuted like 30 minutes or so of uh, Maverick or Top Gun Maverick. Um, oh, there was something else I see. Uh, Mission Possible 7 gets a title as trailer unveiled. I'm excited for that. I always enjoy the Mission Impossible films, just seeing what crazy shit Tom Cruise does next. Uh, speaking of which, I heard that he's not going to be in Doctor Strange at all. Um, so that was, I don't know, misdirect or something like that. We'll see. But uh, the new Mission Impossible movie set for 2023 now has the title Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So it looks like they're going to probably try and wrap up the series uh, with a Part 1 and Part 2. Kind of like um, maybe Into the Spider-Verse is doing. Which I heard Into the Spider-Verse, uh, the last one is going to be called uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse. So I'm wondering if they're going to get into live action with that one. Really excited for uh, for what they got with that. Um, but yeah, it seems like they might be trying to wrap up the Mission Impossible series. It's been going on since, I think, the 90s. So, um, yeah, there we go. Halloween Ends trailer, CinemaCon reactions call it intense and scream heavy. Uh, first Black Panther 2 footage released at CinemaCon. See, that's what I'm really curious about. Because you don't hear much about that movie. You really don't. I think like Anthony Mackie said he visited the set. He's not going to be in the movie as as uh, Sam Wilson slash Captain America slash Falcon. But he did visit the set and said that it was going to be like... I forgot exactly what he said, but he was like, yeah, that's going to be fucking awesome. Um, but I'm really curious to see what they do with that movie, obviously, since the passing of Chadwick Boseman. What they're going to do with the uh, Black Panther role. Obviously, they're not going to recast it, uh, but I think somebody else might take up that role. Maybe Shuri or M'Baku, 
which I really love both of those people, um, both of those characters and both of those actors. But, um, yeah, I'm really curious about that movie because it comes out this year, not too long. I mean, it doesn't come out before Thor Love and Thunder. That's coming sooner. Um, but I don't know. I'm really curious about that one because I really just haven't heard much about the shooting of that film. They haven't, I don't know, maybe I just haven't seen anything, but I haven't seen them making posts about, hey, we're shooting, and like, hey, we wrapped shooting. But um, we'll see what's up with that. Uh, let me see what else we got here in terms of news. Um, Jordan Peele's Nope. Minions sequel and Jurassic World finale among Universal CinemaCon. Hold up, I'm opening it up. Uh, load CinemaCon in Las Vegas during an epic two and a half hour session. Uh, CinemaCon highlights. I am, might not get into that. I'm looking more for the things that we uh, we haven't heard about. Oh yeah, Lightyear. They did a 30 minute preview as well. And uh, I heard it was really emotional, so... Huh. It makes me wonder. I'm excited for that one. That should be pretty cool. Um, WB, WB brings in news of Batman 2, which I already talked about. Um, Barbie. We got to look at uh, Margot Robbie as Barbie, which looks awesome. Um, I'm excited for that one. We shall check that out. And an alleged Flash movie and more to CinemaCon. By the way, that Blue Beetle movie starring Sholo Maradona from uh, from Cobra Kai, that's got like an official logo. I don't know. don't know how I feel about the logo, but that is going to be released theatrically, and that makes me really happy because fucking Sholo is my boy. Fucking love that dude. Yeah, he's my fucking favorite character on Cobra Kai. Well, is he though? I don't know. I love all the characters. Except for Tori, maybe. But, yeah. That's a whole other discussion. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited that, like, Sholo Maradona is going to be in a uh, theatrical... Or a theatrically released film. And he's going to be a superhero. Like, that's so fucking cool to me. Um, he did voice Aqua Agua in uh, the the Boys Diab... Uh, fuck, can't talk. The Boys Diabolical. The kind of Rick and Morty-style uh, spinoff series of The Boys. And uh, his character was pretty fucking funny there. The episode he was in was definitely my favorite. But um, if I could get that dude on the podcast, that would be fucking... Um, that, would, that would be so cool. I almost got Dimitri on the podcast once, but that kind of fell through, and that, that sucked. But Cover Kai is one of my favorite shows. Getting way off topic here, though. Um, and also, I need to wrap this up because this is going to be a really long piece of news to edit. Um or a long clip, or what have you. Uh, looks like WB got some more, uh, they, they gave some more looks at the Elvis movie, which I'm actually really excited for. Um, let me see. As many predicted, uh, Cole, is that Colonel Tom Parker, is the main character of Elvis. Oh, okay, so is that, um, is that Tom Hanks's character? Um, yeah, I mean, I could kind of see that, but personally, I would kind of like it to be more focused on Elvis. I'm sure it will have a lot of focus on Elvis, but I uh, like deep down the main character will be 
the character played by Tom Hanks. Uh, but it'll be... Uh, it says it's more about America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Which, oh my god, that makes me so excited. Because not only do I love, like, these movies about musicians. Like, I really like Bohemian Rhapsody, whether people like it or not. I don't care. I really like it. Uh, I also really liked Rocket Man. Um, Walk the Line is a really great one. Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash. That's a really great movie. And uh, now this this reminds me the most of Walk the Line out of like all the uh, biopic musician movies that we've been getting. And Austin Butler, I believe, playing Elvis. He looks perfect for the role. And the voice he's doing too, perfect. Um, I haven't seen him in a whole lot. I feel like he was in one of those Disney Channel shows or maybe Nickelodeon shows when I was growing up. But I can't quite put my finger on which one. Um, but I do remember seeing him, seeing him in some stuff, but I am so excited for that movie. That definitely looks like my kind of movie and I hope it doesn't disappoint. I also love the style that the trailer sets up for the film. Ah, uh, man, it just looks so beautiful. There's a shot in there and I don't know if this is like something that Elvis actually did on stage, like had some sort of suit on that could change color depending on the lighting. But they did that in the trailer where it like went from black to blue or vice versa uh, while he was on stage. And it looks so freaking cool, dude. Man, just like the cinematography, the editing, and just the overall coloring and the style of the film looks so cool to me. I'm very excited for that. And I forgot to mention, I also really love, you know, period pieces mainly set in like the 50s, 60s, 70s era. 80s, I could give or take. We've seen a lot of movies set in the 80s and a lot of TV shows, too. Kind of getting sick of that. But, like, 50s, 60s, and 70s, love any movie that takes place in those times. It's just so cool to see. Uh, especially if they do it really well and really immerse you into that era. Um, granted, not every movie taking place in the 50s, 60s, or 70s is a great movie. But a lot of them I have a soft spot for because... I just really like those types of movies. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say in terms of, like, the CinemaCon news. Uh, I could talk forever about everything that was announced. But, like I said, anything that was announced in terms of, like, trailers or, um, you know, people watching 30 minutes of a movie, a lot of that's kind of hush-hush. You know, there are descriptions, but it would take me forever to read every description about everything that was shown. Um, so that's just some of it, some of the stuff that intrigued me. And uh, like I said, if you want some more CinemaCon movie news, definitely go to 3C Films over on YouTube. Chris Parker, he does a lot of movie news. He's been covering it quite a bit and uh, does some good work over there. So definitely go check out his channel and the videos he has been making covering CinemaCon. But uh, yep, that's all I got for news today. So uh, let's switch over to reviews, and first I am going to review, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the names of the films I'm reviewing now. Oh man, am I really forgetting the names of the films? I've, I've been talking about CinemaCon for so long I forgot what movies I'm talking about. Father Stew, there we go, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg, let's talk about that. Alright, 2022's Father Stew, by the way, if you hear anything in the background... I'm um, in between movies. I'm going to see uh, a new Liam Neeson movie after this. 
after I uh, recorded a review for Father Stew. So I'm out in the elements. Not really. I'm in my car, but I try to find a less loud place with less cars passing by. Um, the movie theater I go to is right next to a highway, so uh, it doesn't help with the recordings and all that. But just recording off my phone so I don't have a nice mic to block everything out. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to give you an explanation there. Most times when it comes to these episodes being posted on Friday or Saturday, uh, a lot of the time I end up recording my reviews in the car because I typically watch two movies on Thursday. Usually my day's off there, but uh, let's not waste any time. Let's talk about Father Stew. And uh, this is written and directed by Rosalind Ross. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And uh, stars Mark Wahlberg as Stuart Long, uh, which is kind of funny that that's his name because he has Stuart Little and he has Stuart Long. But uh, also Mel Gibson as Bill Long, Jackie Weaver as Kathleen Long. Uh, who else here? Teresa Ruiz as Carmen. Malcolm McDowell as Mons Monsinger Kelly. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Probably not. Uh, we got Cody Fern as Jacob. And uh, there's one more person I was looking for, Aaron Moten as Ham. And that's pretty much the main cast there. If you don't know the uh, plot of the film, it's based on a true story, and it follows the life of Father Stuart Long, a boxer-turned-priest who inspired countless people during his journey from self-destruction to redemption. Now, I won't get into too specifics on what happens in the film. However, if you do look up Stuart Long, you'll probably be able to find... Uh, everything about him and what he had to go through. But uh, when it comes to movies based on a true story, I often wonder how much of this is actually true or how much is made up for the movie. There's certain elements of it where I'm like, that might have been made up, but hey, it added to the film, I guess. Um, <clears throat> overall, I mean, this movie didn't get great reviews from just the ones I've heard about. People weren't too crazy about this movie. And uh, it's not a great movie, but I thought it was pretty good. It's not going to go on my top 10 best of this year, but probably not my top 10 worst. Um, God damn it, Floud. I'm right next to a Menards, and they have that big-ass fucking wood area where they load up cars with wood. And it is loud as shit. That's fucking annoying, but I guess you guys are just going to have to deal with that because I don't feel like moving again. But, um... Yeah, Mark Wahlberg, I think, did a pretty good job in this movie as Father Stu. Uh, like I said, I won't give away anything too specific here, but there are certain elements that he has to deal with in his life. He starts to gain weight a little bit, and uh, I thought the makeup and the prosthetics and stuff they used for Mark, Wal Mark Wahlberg gaining weight looked pretty good. Um, honestly, at times, looked a little unrecognizable, kind of. Kind of what they did with Colin Farrell in the Batman, but not as crazy. You could still tell it was Mark Wahlberg. But um, honestly, one of the standouts for me was Mel Gibson as Bill Long. Um, he, he's kind of a piece of shit. Not a great dad, but um, there's certain things that happen to him and around him in this movie that kind of change his character over the course of the film. And I, t uh, I actually you know, liked what they did with this character there. Um, again, based on true story, so it could be true, but yeah, uh, it's a two hour and four minute long movie. It's rated R, so don't take your kids to see it. There's definitely elements in there where I'm like, yeah, kid probably shouldn't watch that, but it's not the worst thing to ever show a kid. Just really cursing is the main thing there. And then a little bit of blood and violence, but 
Yeah, um, it, it's an inspiring story, that's for sure, because uh, Stuart Long, or Stu, had to endure a lot of a lot of bad things happening to him. Like I said, I don't want to get into too specifics, but at the same time, if you look it up, you'll be able to figure it out. So I guess I might as well say some stuff. Um, well, I might as well just, you know, spill the cat out of the bag here. He has some sort of, uh, de- what is it? Not a degenerate bone disease, but something similar to ALS where his motor functions start to, uh, start to deplete. And also when he was a kid, his brother died. They didn't really touch on that too much. Honestly, the more dramatic parts of his life involving, you know, his, uh, his disease and also like his brother, you know, I think the disease definitely got enough screen time. If that makes sense, that doesn't really make sense the way I'm saying it, but that aspect of his life got enough screen time, but I kind of wanted more out of it. And then with the brother, all they really did is just like talk about it, but I don't know. I mean, they kind of talked about what happened, but very vaguely and didn't really get into details, but, um, yeah, it's a really funny movie too. There's quite a few funny lines in here. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg in here, the character that he is being a priest, he says a lot of things a priest normally wouldn't, but, uh, it kind of makes him better because of it. It makes him more relatable and um uh brings them down to more human level i guess and makes people kind of see themselves in him and um there's a scene in a jail that uh i really liked didn't go on long enough but uh just seeing him connecting with those inmates and you know having been arrested before he can kind of see himself in them and they can see themselves in him um those aspects i really like just him you know, being a priest and getting down to people's levels and, you know, connecting with them, relating to them. That's the aspect I really liked. Uh, starting off, you know, he's a boxer boxer and all that. He moves out to LA to try to become an actor. Obviously that doesn't work out. So, uh, he, this girl catches his attention, Carmen played by Teresa Ruiz. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And, uh, she's Catholic. And in order to kind of get on her good side, he starts going to church, gets baptized. And then, uh, you know, after, after something happens to him, he, he gets closer with God and, um, and wants to become a priest. So, uh, I'll be honest. I'm not very religious. I was more religious growing up, I guess. I went to church and stuff like that, Sunday school, but, um, I haven't been to church in years ever since I was a kid and I don't have a close relationship with God or anything like that. Um, so a lot of people out there are wondering, like, if I'm not religious, is this movie not for me? No, I'd definitely say there's things in here for non-religious people. Honestly, this movie may be a little bit more for non-religious people than religious people because of certain things that happen in this movie with, you know, the cursing and all that kind of stuff. But I think religious people, depending on the type of person, as long as they don't get offended by certain things, would find enjoyment in this. Um, but yeah, it's not like it restored my faith or anything like that, but it was a really good story. I I really enjoyed the movie overall. There are just a few nitpicks, you know, certain characters that didn't get enough time to shine. I feel like I wanted more out of Mel Gibson and also Jackie Weaver as Kathleen Long, the mother and the father there. But, um, overall I didn't, I didn't mind the amount of screen time they got and the things that they got to do. Um, Father Stu, obviously, 
excuse me, uh, as Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Father's Father Stu as Mark Wahlberg. No, fa uh, Mark Wahlberg as Father Stu. I think it's definitely the best part of the movie. It has to be because he's the main character. And I just really like his story. But um, if I had to change anything, it would just be certain elements. I would linger on a little longer, like the prison scene, like I said before, and uh, certain aspects dealing with his disease. Um, that being said, by the end of the movie, it did kind of drag on just a little bit. But the things that they were showing at the end of the movie, I was like, all right, I like that. Overall, it's not bad. It just feels a little dragged on at the end and a little tacked on. But, um, yeah, overall, Father Stu, not a bad movie at all. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Went in with pretty low expectations because people weren't saying it was that great. Has a 7.1 fun, 7 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. So it's not too bad there. Um, but, like, Double Toasted and stuff from their review uh, didn't, seem, didn't seem like they cared for it all that much. But, um, yeah, not a bad movie at all. Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to have to agree with uh, IMDb on this one and give it a 7 out of 10. Maybe not a 7.1 because, like, yeah. But 7 out of 10 seems pretty fair uh, for this movie. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I would possibly watch this again. But, the, you know me, there's so many things out there to watch. I rarely revisit anything, so... Yeah, I mean, not going to end up on my top 10 best of this year, most likely, because there's a lot of fire movies coming out this year, but definitely uh, definitely a contender, I would say. Um, you know, and also, this movie did make me cry, so automatically any movie that makes me cry usually gets a pretty decent score from me. Um, so yeah, Fathers 2, have you seen it? Uh, tell me what you think down in the comments below. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I'm slightly a little more in the middle, leaning towards more I liked it. Uh, there's a lot of aspects I liked about it, just certain little things that I would change, to be honest. But, yeah, uh, pretty good overall. And uh, have you not seen Father Stew? Are you planning on watching it? Tell me why or why not. Uh, but on to the next review, which is Memory, the new Liam Neeson movie. And like I said, 2022's Memory is the uh, next review here. Last review of the episode. Only two movies to review. Was going to try and watch something else to add on to this episode. But I was like, and eh, the CinemaCon news is enough to fill up a decent amount of time for this episode. But uh, yeah, 2022's Memory is a rated R film. Directed by Martin Campbell. Let's see if I know anything he's done. Casino Royale. Uh, 2011's Green Lantern, not so good. GoldenEye, he's done a couple of uh, Bond films there. Uh, the Protégé, I did not enjoy that one very much. So, uh, yeah, I can fully say I did not enjoy this either. It's a really generic Liam Neeson action movie. I'll be honest, I uh, I didn't stay for the whole thing. I, I left about an hour and 45 minutes in. Um, so without, or with about 10 minutes left, including the including the credits at that point i was just like i've seen enough i've seen what i need to see for this film to give an accurate review and um yeah let me give you the synopsis here an assassin for hire finds that he's become a target after he refuses to complete a job for a dangerous criminal organization a remake uh remake a remake of the 2003 belgian film the memory of a killer um so I think they call this memory because, and I could be wrong, but Liam Neeson's character in here, uh, Alex Lewis, is having some memory uh, memory problems. And uh, you'd think with a title like Memory, 
you know, the uh, aspect of his memory would be a bigger part. But, I mean, with only 10 minutes left in the film, uh, I can fully say that's not really that big of a part of the film. Um, other cast members here, we have Monica Bellucci. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Devana Steelman. Guy Pierce as Vincent Sarah. Uh, Ray Stevenson as Detective Danny Mora. Uh, Taj Atwal as Linda Am Amistead. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, who else we have here? Stella Stalker as Maya. Uh, there's a specific person I'm looking for here. Let me see if I can find them. Um, yep, here we go. Mia Sanchez as Breaches. I cannot talk. Beatrice uh, Leon. And uh, she's kind of like an immigrant who, at the beginning of the film, uh, the FBI agent Guy Pierce uh, saves her from her father, who's a trafficker. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the person that Liam Neeson is refusing to kill, the job he's refusing to complete. And uh, I don't know. I haven't watched that many Liam Neeson movies. I think the last like live-action Liam Neeson movie I watched was uh, Nonstop. I'm pretty sure that's his. Uh you know, a lot of his movies are just generic Liam Neeson action movies. He's the kind of person you cast when you have a generic action movie and uh, and you just need somebody who's like an action person that's done it before. Um, and since this is based off of a film that has already come out, it's not really a movie made just for Liam Neeson. I feel like a lot of times actors like this, they'll have people make movies just so they get they can cast them. And maybe that is the case here, um, but having it be a remake, it's like, I don't know, I feel like you could have chosen somebody a little bit better. I don't mind Liam Neeson as an actor. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn, great there. But, um, I don't know, this movie just isn't memorable at all. I don't even think it'll end up on my top ten worst of this year, because, like, I don't even think it deserves that. It's just, it's so generic, it's so void of character, like... I don't know. That's how a lot of his movies are for me, to be honest. I haven't watched any of the Taken movies, but just from the other action movies I've seen with Liam Neeson, a lot of times it's just another generic Liam Neeson action movie. And uh, that's really what this is for me. They try to do some fun, or not fun, but like interesting things here um, with Liam Neeson kind of having memory problems, but they don't do too much with it really. And, uh, I don't know, it just makes me wonder, like, why do they call it that? If, if it's not really that big of a factor. Um, I don't know, I really don't have a whole lot to say about this. I wish I did, but, like, I've pretty much said all I need to say about it. It's a generic Liam Neeson action movie that doesn't do anything special. It's nothing I haven't really seen before. They try to have some interesting concepts in there and do some different things. But at the end of the day, it's like... I feel like saying this would do be uh this would do better on streaming. I feel like even that isn't true. <laughs> like I don't feel like anybody's going to watch this movie. There were barely any people in the theater when I watched it and it it's literally as I'm recording this Thursday and that is well technically movies technically uh they say they come out on like Fridays, but I always see them on Thursdays cuz they get released like the night before. And um yeah, there were maybe, like, four people in the theater when I watched it. Granted, it is Thursday, so it, like, makes sense that not everybody's out at the movie theater, but 
There's really a lot of other th better things to watch right now. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, The Batman. I'm pretty sure in some theaters you can still watch No Way Home. I think in my theater you can. Um, there's a lot of better movies out right now. And also, this is the week before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness come, uh, comes out. So I can imagine a lot of movies, even a week before, don't want to don't want to um, have that competition. This movie is going to fall under the radar. Barely anybody's going to see it and uh, barely anybody's going to review it. So the fact that I'm reviewing it now is just like, I don't even know what the, pur the purpose or the point is of that because nobody's interested in the film. I won't even lie. I didn't even know what this movie was about going into it, but watching the movie, I was just like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. Like I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't know the plot and uh it was still pretty predictable on what they were trying to do with the film they're like i said they try to do some interesting things with like you know dealing with um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh shit why can't i think um um god i try not to have any dead air so i try to fill in the the pauses with ums and shit like that uh it deals with immigration issues there you go uh, mainly when it comes to, like, the Mexican people around the Mexican border. Because uh, this movie does take place in Texas. I believe mostly El Paso. And uh, that's pretty much right on the border. Well, not right on the border, but you know what I mean. It's it's closer to Mexico than fucking Michigan is, so. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, they try to be a little woke with the film. But the message gets lost and just, you know, the not so... The, the the underwhelming action and just like an underwhelming plot and not that great writing. So definitely don't waste your time on this movie. I do think it would have been better on streaming. But that being said, if it did go to streaming, there is no chance in hell I probably would have watched it. And most people probably wouldn't either. Um, so, yeah, this is just one of those movies that's going to fly under the radar and probably nobody's going to watch it. Won't make much of its money back. And, um, yeah, I mean, the only reason I watched this is because there's barely anything else out right now. The only other thing I could have watched was, like, in terms of newer movies was Father Stew. And that came out, like, last week or the week before or something like that, too. So, mainly, uh, or not mainly, but basically, Memory is this week's biggest release. And that's kind of sad. But at the same time, it's because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out next week. So, nobody, like, even a week before wants to... uh wants to have that kind of competition because a lot of people are just going to be like, well, Dr. Strange comes out next week. So, uh, I'm not going to go see a movie this week. Most people, unless you're like me and goes to the movies all the time and has like a subscription there where you can see three movies a week for a whole month for 20 bucks, which is pretty awesome. Um, unless you're that kind of person that goes to the movies that often, you're not going to end up watching this one. Um, yeah, unless you're the kind of person that goes to see like every major release that comes out. No, nobody's going to watch this. And I would say that's kind of sad, but it's not because that's why they placed this movie here is because nobody's going to watch it, but they wanted a theatrical release and uh, it, it stands more of a chance this week than next week. That's for sure. So, uh, I mean, my, my, uh, uh, what's the word? My, my, uh, fuck. Why can't I think of my, my words right now? My suggestion to this studio or the multiple studios, 
uh, that worked on this film. Um, my suggestion to them is just like, you didn't have to release this at all. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even have to make this movie. I, I hate to say it, but can we stop making these generic Lee, uh, Liam Neeson movies where he's just like killing people? It's getting old. He's getting old. And uh, it makes it look less believable when he's kicking people's asses. But it's still kind of fun here and there to see him see him go off and, and fuck some people up. But like I said, pretty generic movie. I'm not going to remember this by tomorrow. Uh, honestly, I'm forgetting most of it already. It, it's nothing special whatsoever, and that's exactly what I expected. And uh, I can't really say I'm disappointed because my expectations were at zero. And uh, that's they didn't surpass them. They didn't, you know, it wasn't worse than that. Yeah would say it was disappointing, but really not surprised. So yeah, uh, 2022's memory. Have you seen it? Most likely not. Are you planning on seeing it? Most likely not. But if you have seen it, or if you're planning on seeing it, comment down below. Let me know what you think of the film, if you have watched it, or uh, what you think before going into it. But that is all I have for this episode. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Should be back on Tuesday with some more reviews and movie news, most likely, but we'll see. I don't know. There's really not... I mean, there's a lot to watch, but it's like there's so much to watch in such a short amount of time between now and, and Tuesday. Um, so we'll see what I end up talking about. Maybe I'll only end up posting one episode next week, which will be for Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, which I am so freaking excited for. My review for that should be coming out on Friday, most likely either that or Saturday. I'm going to try to get it out on Friday. Uh, and my review for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will probably be its own episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll probably still have movie news and stuff like that, because I usually do. But yeah, I, I think with the Batman, when that movie came out, I made a whole episode just dedicated to that. So I'll probably end up doing that with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because I know already I'm going to have so much to say about it. And I uh, already got my tickets for it. And should probably get tickets for another showing because I know I'm going to want to see it more than once. But yeah, like I said, end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram page will take you to my website, Made Through Wix, where you can find where to watch this on YouTube, where to listen on all major podcast platforms. And there's also a link to my T Public page where I have three designs available right now, uh, multiple different merch items. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, sweatshirts, freaking baby clothes if you want it, baseball tees, notebooks, tapestries, posters, uh, stickers, magnets, phone cases, laptop cases. There's a lot of shit to buy there. And uh, like I said, three designs. I have a regular Pop Culture Podcast logo design. I also have a kind of like trippy neon retro looking Pop Culture Podcast logo. And then the newest one I added says Pop Culture Podcast Established 2020. And it looks like the Doctor Strange portal with uh, my likeness as Doctor Strange inside of that portal. Um, I actually grabbed one of those shirts to wear when I go see Doctor Strange. Hopefully it comes in time. But yeah, the Public shirts are really comfy. So definitely go pick up one of those. I would appreciate it so much. It supports me and it supports the podcast. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. See you in the next one. Thank you.